0: And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
1: I'm Amara Jones. Every day, the attacks on trans kids grow louder. And more anti-trans bills keep moving through state legislatures. In this season of the anti-trans hate machine, we're going to illuminate how the right wing has fueled these bills by generating a breathtaking and wide-ranging disinformation campaign. It's spreading like wildfire on the internet. It's then being discussed by families and churches. None of this is an accident. It's a strategy to delegitimize trans people and create a world where existence is a question. Subscribe to Season 2 of The Anti-Trans Hate Machine, A Plot Against Equality, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and
2: monetize their podcasts everywhere. acast.com
0: Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. Osiris. What's up? This is Ryan Stasik from Humphreys McGee. This podcast is part of the Osiris Podcast family. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts, connecting music fans with conversation, commentary, and of course, lots of music. Osiris works in partnership with Relics Magazine. Osiris. buddy it's rj this is the helping friendly podcast this is episode 137 this week brad talked with two guys who just wrote a book about fish called 100 things fish fans should know and do before they die it's coming out on june 1st um andy smith and jason gershoney they both um have written written articles in the past um, on fish and and um, have some background in this stuff and they wrote a book with a hundred things that fish fans should know and do before they die. We happen to be at number 43. I know that for sure. So that's pretty cool, but um, that's not the only reason we interviewed them. We obviously want to bring, bring people to, uh, to hear a little bit more about from them about what they did. Uh, the, the forward for the book is written by Mike Greenhouse. Who's a editor of relics. Of course, who's a partner of Osiris and HF pod cool, cool conversation that Brad's able to have with them and, There's a couple of events that they're having um, to release the book. One is a a show at the Brooklyn Bowl, um, Friday, June 1st, with the Dead Fish Orchestra. And then in Burlington on June 22nd at the Skinny Pancake, um, there'll be a book release party featuring Formula 5, a band from New York. And, um, there will be a cash or trade double IPA that Fiddlehead Brewing Company created that will be there. So that's pretty cool. It's from cash or trade and water Wheel foundation. So if you're in Burlington, June 22nd, check that out. If you're in Brooklyn um, or New York on, on Friday, June 1st, go check out that show. Um, but hope you enjoy this conversation with Andy and Jason that, that Brad put together. And, um, obviously we'll put the link in the show notes to, to, if you want to pick up the book. We appreciate everybody's support. I appreciate you tuning in. Um, if you haven't yet, give us a review on iTunes and, um, of course, check out Osiris for more awesome podcasts where we've added a few more. And, um, Really good stuff going on. We'll, by the time you hear this, we will have just gotten back from Del Fest, where we're doing some interviews with a bunch of bluegrass artists, and um, we're really looking forward to that. And we have a lot of really cool stuff in store this summer, including Curveball, of course. So um, stay tuned for a lot more information about about Fish Summer Tour and what we're going to be doing there with Osiris and HF Pod. Also, in the show notes, you'll see a link to um, the HF Pod T-shirts. Summer Tours is around the corner, sort of around a corner but a very very far corner Um, but if if you need to stock up on gear before summer tour we recommend that you pick up an hf pod t-shirt they make you look cool and heady and um and very knowledgeable about fish so you should grab one all right let's get into the interview enjoy thanks for listening
2: Uh, I'm lucky enough to be here uh with a couple of authors, established authors, uh Jason and Andy. Hey guys, how you doing? Great. How you doing? Good. Good.
3: Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, so Andy, you're in uh you're in New York, right?
3: Yep, I'm in uh Greenpoint,
2: Brooklyn, USA. Nice. And then uh Jason is is on my time zone in Portland, right, Jason?
4: Absolutely. Cool. Loving it up here.
2: I'm glad we could get this together, you guys. Um We're here uh, mainly because we wanted to chat about your book that's coming out. You guys have a a book you co-authored coming out June 1st, Um, and uh, we get to promote it. I'm I'm super excited. We even got the uh, early release or some materials from your handler or something. I don't know what you call that guy, but (laughs) Sam's the guy who hooked us up. Um, our people our people will call your people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, that's how we got this thing going. So um, it's the uh, the book title: Hundred Things Fans, Fish Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die." Andy and Jason um, wrote it. It's a it's a great read, and uh, the forward actually Mike Greenhouse um, has a really nice forward, in that uh, that uh, that was exciting to read too. So. Um, Let's let's ask a little bit about your guys, you know, just why you wanted to write this and how you got off uh got off the blocks to get the thing going. Andy, why don't you go ahead and start?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, you know, Jason and I have both been writers for for a long time now and Triumph Books, the publisher, has had a lot of success with the 100 Things series. Uh they're predominantly a sports book publisher, but a Branched out into pop culture with this series. So, um, they did 100 Things Star Wars, 100 Things Game of Thrones, and wanted to do 100 Things Fish and, and reached out to, to Jason, um, who then reached out to Scotty Bernstein at Jambase and Yemblog. Yeah. Um, who then, um, got me involved and, uh, and the rest is history. Um, we're super excited. I mean, it was a really quick turnaround. Uh, you know, um, we had about six weeks to write the book. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, I think the, the biggest challenge aside from just putting words down on the page, I mean, the book is 90,000 words. Uh, (laughs) the, the biggest challenge, uh, was, you know, Jason and I kind of coming up with this list right. of 100 things fish fans should know and do before they die. Yeah. Um, and, and we worked really hard on that, um, with, with many late night phone calls and shared Google spreadsheets <laughs> and, um, you know, prioritizing, well, this definitely has to be in there and, you know, breaking things up and combining chapters. And, um, you know, I think, uh, at the end of the day, we could have written, uh, many, many more things, uh, that fish fans should know and do before they die. But, um, for, for trying to package it into, um, you know, a book of a hundred chapters, uh, I'm I'm happy with, with how it came out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a great read. And, um, Jason, what kind of, what, what were the biggest challenges for you, I guess,
4: that presented themselves while you were writing? Uh, I, I think Andy started to to nail with the just coming up with the list. Uh, mm-hmm. I think one of the more interesting parts was uh, just right off the top of the head is like, do we count every Halloween show as its own chapter? Right, right. You know, do we count every festival, every New Year's gag. Well, then we're at forty right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what are we leaving out? And so as we're going through the process, uh, we had to whittle it down and try to figure out how do we combine things into, you know cohesive standalone chapters. And that's kind of how this book is written. Um, which I think is, is very cool. Um, the idea is you can just skip to any chapter that you want to jump in, um, you know, read it, get a sense of something and you don't have to go chapter through chapter. And one of the cool things about this and working with Andy is I think, uh, both of our voices came through in this, but, uh, sort of unique individual conversations that were happening. And, how I was t- telling my tale, how we uh, shared the things we wanted to say, but we ha- came from very different uh, standpoints. And so it kind of hopefully will spark a conversation with all the fans out there. Um, I know that's a big thing for both of us, is knowing that this is, you know, we could probably go back and add another, you know, 20 chapters with <laughs> things rolling around their
2: heads. Right,
4: right. Fans that might have different perspectives on things. And, and we kind of love that. We This isn't, you know, meant to be. Uh, over. This is kind of just meant to be the beginning of a conversation and a dialogue. And we, uh, and we loved going through this process. I know for me, just, uh, being able to think about fish this much when I, you know, outside of what I normally think about fish was kind of <laughs> just nice. Yeah. It's like, this is my job. I got to think about fish right now. And I got to, you know, talk about yeah. fish. And I have to have a fish phone call. So it was just, it was pretty cool to have that on the agenda beyond just the normal, uh, crazy fandom that we like to that's have. it reminds me of of my wife
2: when I tell her you know the podcast especially when I, we first started it like really are you really doing this or are you guys just like talking about fish like well both actually you know what I mean <laughs> yeah so yeah. um you know it's funny that you mentioned you can go kind of just randomly through it because um I of course jumped to like chapter 43 or 42 whichever one it is that, that you know Talks about podcasts. I'm like, oh, yes, right. (laughs) This is this is (laughs) exciting. So um, I also really loved going through each of your own your thoughts within the chapter and then kind of obviously, as we always do, kind of tying it into my own experience, um, you know, on Shakedown or with the albums or, you know, Defining like who's a wook and you know who's a noob and all those things, all those th- that, that you guys talk about, it's really it was really fun to read and and it's gonna fall right into the wheelhouse of our listeners. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So um, let's talk a little bit about your your history, your own personal history, Jason. Where did you uh, your first show? You know, we always like to ask about the first show and also kind of uh, when you knew it was for you, the
4: band. Sure. Um, I will, I will start by saying there is a, probably my favorite part of the book is actually the back cover. Um, and the reason I bring that up is it's all my stubs and I got to take a picture of it. Oh. Orange County fairgrounds in a 93 horde tour. Oh, wow. Uh, and that was the first time I saw Fish in uh, New York. That's where I'm originally from. And, uh, Colonel Bruce Hampton, blues traveler, widespread. I mean, it was a stacked lineup. Fish came on after midnight and, uh, opened with the 2001 split open and melt. And it was it was amazing. Um I will say I, I got it, but I didn't quite get it. I'd say when I really got it was the next uh show that really blew my mind, which was Onondaga in ninety-four, um, right after Halloween. And that show just uh for me was kinda all of a sudden the light bulbs went on and it was it, it was on from that point forward. So nice. um yeah. So I didn't know that um
2: Fish was playing that late. You're saying after midnight, and it was. Yeah, the, uh, I think
4: their set that started late. I mean, I think yeah. I think at least when I've looked at the set list online, I mean, my memory my memory from 25 plus or whatever sure, years ago is sure. a little hazy. <laughs> but when I looked, uh, I think I think that's what it says on Fishnet. I, I could double check that, but uh, and it was uh, I'm pretty uh, sure it was. They were the headliner. They were the last one to go on, and I think
2: they were. They must have been up. playing. Oh yeah, Orange County Fairgrounds, right? And yeah, uh, so yeah, so they weren't playing like a pavilion where they were going to get kicked out. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, there.
4: yeah, it, it was like bandstand, you know, sawdust on the ground. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. And it was a stack lineup and, you know, I was there right. to see it all. I mean, still a high school kid and, uh, yeah, they, they definitely showed me, showed me something that night.
2: That's awesome, man. That's great. Uh, so, um,
4: you still see them now in, in 3.0? Oh, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'm, Teachers, the, the the gig that I do. I'm married with a with a three year old and oh, awesome. Uh, I still uh maybe to my wife's chagrin, look at my summer plans and wait till I see what fish announces before right. uh <laughs> starting to make the rest of the family plans. And now I'm coming to the realization as a dad of a three year old who's very aware of things like Halloween that uh Yeah, yeah. That might become a little more challenging going forward, but I'm still gonna, you know, I'm thinking yeah. maybe you know trick or treating in Vegas could be a new new experience. am yeah. no,
2: just kidding. <laughs> so <laughs> we um last last Halloween in Vegas, I just I hit the first three and I had to leave, uh, the morning of the thirty first because you got you got dad things to do. So yeah, um, you know, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I'm glad I got to see three out of four. You know, so, yeah, um, they were
3: great.
2: Right, totally, totally. So Andy, what about you? When's your uh, first show? Was it? In that early 93?
3: No. Um I went to my first show at the Gorge in 98. Oh, wow. And uh my my dear supportive mother brought me and three friends um out to the Gorge from Seattle where we were living. And um I'd, you know, uh been trading tapes for a while and um you know, hoist had come out and I was just, just could not miss this opportunity to go and see fish, even though it was at the gorge three hours away. And, um, you know, I don't even think I was 16 yet. And, um, hence having to have my, my mother take us yeah, and you, you got to do it th- sometimes. And, and, and bless her for it. You know, I mean, um, <laughs> I think, uh, I'm very grateful and, and fortunate to have, you know, a mother who would, who would do that for her teenage son and, and their friends. And, right. and I, and I can, I mean, I was immediately hooked and blown away by the whole experience. Like I had never seen anything like it. And, I uh, I remember, just so vividly, I mean, the landscape of the gorge and, and the, 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 crowd of the people and, um, just sort of the vibe and the atmosphere was, was kind of overwhelming. And then, uh, at a certain point, you know, for anybody who's been to the gorge, you know, the sun sets behind the stage, uh, you know, overlooking the the Columbia river. And as the sun was setting, um, can't remember what song they were playing, but the everybody kind of dropped out, but Fishman, who just played this like gentle drum roll for mm. the sunset. Oh, nice! And, you know, crescendo at sunset, and the crowd roars, and then they just pick picked right back up where they were before the oh. the drum roll for the sunset. And it, that uh, reminds uh,
2: me of the recent um, "Howling at the Moon." I think that was at the Gorge too, wasn't it? Anyway, so. Um, oh yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, but I was I was immediately entranced and immediately blown away, and have since returned to the gorge a few times. Yeah. And uh, I I saw probably well, I I would say more than most shows of two point oh, and um, and then I think you know after when three point oh started, I, I caught a few shows here and there, but. Since uh, I saw them at the Man 2015, mm-hmm. the summer of the two shows at the Man, I just think they've been performing some incredible stuff yeah. and trying to catch as much as I can. I did thirteen of the Baker's dozen. Oh, you did all of them, well. Wow. I did all of them. Nice I didn't plan on doing all of them. Yeah, I didn't. I you know, and it was funny too because I the what was it the fourth? I think it was the fourth night. The 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 Lawn Boy, the Jam Donut, yeah. Um, I went down there without a ticket and scored one for thirty bucks. <laughs> and after that, you there was no scoring thirty dollars <laughs> ticket by <laughs> any means. Right, right. Um, so I was pretty excited. I just went online on Ticketmaster the next day and bought the last two nights and made the rest of it work between friends and trades and stuff. Oh, that's awesome! But, yeah, yeah. I, a,
2: a few of my other friends who live in the city. um, were the same way. They're like, you know, I wasn't really planning on this and this is really killing
3: my work, but like, dude, I got to (laughs) go,
2: which is a testament to the run, I guess. But,
3: um, yeah, it was, it was, I think an incredible experience as a whole. And if, you know, diving into each show, I mean, I think the Baker's dozen chapter in 100 things fish is the longest chapter in the book. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's something that, that people will be speaking about when they speak about fish in, in, you know, in the coming years in the, the, the annals of history. Right. I think, uh, you know, it, it, and Jason and I have talked a lot about this, uh, you know, whether it's big Cypress and Baker's dozen or Baker's dozen and big Cypress, Um, you know, that's what, what fish will be remembered for. I think.
2: Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. Um, what an incredible thing. and, and, we're lucky enough to have them, you know, back with, and they just announced the fall tour run. But what I wanted to mention, um, was that the book was really relevant to it. I, you know, you could tell you guys recently wrote it cause there was a lot of stuff, recent stuff that was included. Uh, and nowadays when I pick up a book, I, you don't, you know, you don't expect to have such updated or recent information in it. So, um, was there any parameters you know put on by the the editors and the publishers and everybody uh, about
4: what needed to be included, or did they just kind of set you guys free? Well, as far as uh, it being up to the minute, we kept. We realized that you know we were going to New Year's anyway. We're going to have an opportunity uh, to see the New Year's show. We weren't initially planning on. We thought Baker's dozen would be like a really, really neat ending point, and it was like, sure. well, well, we're still editing this. <laughs> Um, we were able to kind of get it really literally to the last fish show, which was kind of cool to have that, that moment. Um, as far as, as far as from triumph, they just wanted to make sure that we were, uh, you know, they gave us a lot, a lot of leeway to make these choices and make sure that we were, uh, representing the band and the fans as best we could. So, uh, there were some people on the way that had some interest in fish, but not to the level that they wanted to kind of step into the creative process. So we, we were given pretty good uh leeway with that. It was it was our choices about what we included.
3: I know, I mean, and and you know just to building on on to that Jason, like I just want to give a shout out to Triumph Books and our incredible editor, um Michelle, who yes. really championed the project, really uh believed in Jason and I as um as the authors and advocates for for this book and and to to sort of really trust our judgment all the way up until like the very end where we're like, yes, we need to slip in this photo of the pirate ship in the introduction. <laughs> and 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 she, you know, made it happen for us. And that um, was one of your own photos? Photos? It was one. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Michelle was awesome. She really was. Yeah, she really she really supported us all the way up to, I mean, like, um, you know, as you saw, there are a lot of photos and illustrations in the book. And, um, you know, they had never really worked with illustrations in a book before. But um, <laughs> I, I have these two great friends who I think were super talented and were excited to make up some fish drawings. And so, you know, we got them in the book.
2: Oh, that's, um, awesome.
3: that's And awesome. then most of the photos, I mean, well, most of the photos are Jason's, actually, Um, but then there are a few other photographers, Steven Olker, who has about five or six photos in the book, uh, a professional photographer. And then, uh, the handful of other photos came from actually an open call for photography, um, for the book that, um, again, Triumph was super supportive of, uh, we put the open call out through fansite.com and got hundreds of submissions from people. Um, <clears throat> some better than others, of course, but um, all of them just sort of speaking to the the community and 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 love for this band and the experience of hitting the road and going and traveling to see this band. Um, you know, photos from uh, you know, from from the '90s that are that still have time stamps from the mm-hmm. film. You know, yeah, uh, it's just really nice to just have this outpouring of of photos being shared from. From other fans and and we were you know lucky enough to be able to put a bunch of them in the book
2: I loved it 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 makes it different it makes it stick out a little bit um I think the first one I saw was the y m the like bring the trampolines or bring on the trampoline um and there's yeah. that that full page um illustration I thought caught my eye so um. There's also por- uh, profiles of the of the four of them in the book. What um, did you guys kind of do that on your own, or did you have to contact Fish, or did you have any communication with Red Light Management or anything like that?
3: No, I mean the the book is is unsanctioned, uh, <laughs> but um, we, uh, we 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 have corresponded with the folks at Waterwheel to involve them in cool. some capacity, um, uh, this summer, uh, at the shows and <clears throat> hoping to be able to speak more about that, um, in the coming weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope that, um, that we can get, uh, get the book to the band, you know, yeah. I mean, I'd love, I'd love to, uh, hear what they have to think of, you know to say about it and and uh, to to see what parts maybe hopefully um would would jog their memories or or elicit some sort of you know bond yeah. emotions um and you know I mean for Jason and I it's like yeah of course it was work it was you know uh, we're professional writers um but I mean we just love this band and love the fans of this band and to be able to. Dedicate you know a few months of our lives to putting all of this down and pushing it through to like a realization that is this physical object that I think you know like with the photos and illustrations and that the the the, the packaging job that Triumph did uh, is something that we're both really proud of and and hopefully it can inspire people and and hopefully people will reach out to us to to chat more about fish and. And come to the events. Um, maybe I'll plug the events. Yeah, do it. Point. Yeah, do it. Uh, so with me on the East Coast and Jason on the West Coast, we're hosting two, two book release parties. Uh, the book comes out June 1st. And so on June 1st, the East Coast book release party is at Brooklyn Bowl in, here in New York with nice. Dead Fish Orchestra. Uh, we're going to have a fish trivia contest uh, with prizes, and then Dead Fish Orchestra is playing two sets. Um, and then on Saturday, June 2nd, uh, Jason's hosting an event at the uh, Imperial um, Bar and Taproom in Portland, Oregon, on the afternoon, signing and selling copies and listening to fish. And then you have that uh, exclusive beer, Jason.
4: Yeah, so uh, Coalition Brewing uh, is uh, is a brewer out here, in Portland makes really great beer, and I uh, have some fans that help run them. And so my friends at Imperial Bottle Shop and I kind of were conspiring about how we can make this awesome. We're like, well, <laughs> what about what about brewing a special beer for the event? I was like, yes, that would be awesome. And so, <laughs> that qualifies. Uh, uh, there, you know, I, I mean. Personally, I'm like a stout and sour guy, but mm-hmm. I realized that's not for the masses. And, and so we, we kind of realized that we got to go hazy. Yeah. It's a new England style beer. This is a new England band kind of makes sense. Right. And, um, but the best part about it is I got to name it. And so I came up with at least 10 different puns of fish related ways of working the word hazy into things. Um, and we, we went with hazy DC bag. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so the, we're going to have that, and then there's a couple other breweries that are uh, in Oregon that have other fans of them. And so uh, Block 15 is going to be supplying two that are – one's called The Wedge and one's called uh, Welcome, This is a Farmhouse. And then there's a third brewery I, – I, I, I can look it up, unfortunately. I don't have it on the top of my head, but it's a jam band-themed uh, beer. So That's we're going to have a variety of different uh, beers, kind of fish-themed, jam band-themed. I'm going to throw on some of my favorite tunes – Uh, hang out, uh, three to six. It's kind of more, more, uh, mellow event, but it is 21 and over. So, uh, happy hour style. Yeah. Happy hour style. Exactly. That's awesome. Uh, We'll we'll be celebrating and, and, and hope to have a few more events along the way. So this is just kind of the, (laughs) but let's, we're, you know, it's summertime. Let's do
3: this. (laughs) And we're doing an event on, uh, June 22nd in Burlington with the kind folks at cash or trade. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, we're putting on a party at the skinny pancake and, uh, formula five is performing and we're having a, a raffle with water wheel and cash or trade swag. Um, all, all the details for all the events are, at, um, on the book's website, which is 100 things Um, and so all the Facebook links and details, uh, around the book and the events, uh, you can check it out there.
2: Are you guys on Twitter at all?
3: We haven't set up the Twitter account yet. Okay. <laughs> or your personal? <laughs> personal?
2: I mean, you don't have to. I was just wondering.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm at apsmithnyc and uh, also at fansite, which is p h a n underscore s i t e. And um, the book is also on Instagram and Facebook at 100 Things Fish.
4: Awesome. And we do we do have a hundred things fish uh, Twitter account. We're just we're haven't been using it yet we're we're getting this thing rolling we kind of wanted it all buttoned up and ready to go before sure. we started to uh, even though it is two weeks out we wanted to make sure every, you know we yeah. had dotted our i's and crossed our t's and so we're kind of now the website's up we're ready we got two weeks to the event we're kind of we're making the move so that's great uh, you'll probably see some stuff from out soon
2: that's exciting have you guys do you guys have like full-blown published books of your own before this or just like, I, I see that you've written a bunch of places, both of you guys, but um, a full-blown, you know, hardbound book. Is this Is this something new for you guys?
3: Yeah, um, I self-published a book in uh, 2005. Nice. Um, and uh, it was a collection of essays and interviews called Welcome to the Land of Cannibalistic Horses. <laughs> and, uh, you know, early 20s sort of... <laughs> adventurous manifesto if you will um featured interviews with people like uh the organ player at Wrigley Field and the guy who invented uh the Bigfoot monster truck and the photographer David LaChapelle and uh, you know a brief interview with Hunter S. Thompson and Wesley Willis and 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 you know sort of covered like the American landscape sort of political spectrum. I wrote it during the 2004 election cycle. Um, but the three, the, the book was five parts, the third of which was about fish tour 2004, which um, as you know, at the time was, was slated to be the final fish tour sure. and leading up the final festival at Coventry. And so in um, maybe a couple years ago, I ended up pulling that section out of the horse's book, and repackaging it as its own sort of small like little hundred page book. Um and and so that's available on fansite and, and Amazon. Um but this is uh but yeah this is my first um you know uh, non self published paid commercial <laughs> uh fully fledged book deal. Yeah. That's is exciting.
2: Super exciting. Um I'd also lo- love to hear about or read the uh, two thousand four you know, kind of your, your overview of that tour. Um, you uh, tell me a little bit about your experience. I'm so interested in the, in the 2.0, um, kind of, I don't know if you're a hardcore fan, but the fans who have spent most of their time there, um, were your friends in that era as well? Like, how did you, uh, come out of it? Um, uh, are you, are your, are your, your feelings now about fish still, do they still kind of trickle back to 2.0? Obviously mine trickle back to 95 and 96 when I first saw them. So, you know, just yeah. a little bit about that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for me, the, the 2.0 era was, I mean, I was literally on the road with, you know, with my friends hitting every single fish show. Um, I was in college, so my responsibilities were slim to none. Right. And, um, you know, I would sell beer and cigarettes on lot to pay for gas and lodging. And I think, you know, one thing that I've certainly remember fondly about the 2.0 era is, uh, you know, it was never as difficult to get tickets as it is now. And I would go to countless shows without a ticket and never have a problem finding a ticket for face or less. I, I mean, I, I remember, tr- you know, trying to sell a pack of cigarettes and, you know, somebody's like, how much? And I'm selling $5 packs just to date it, you know, mm-hmm. and I give him a pack of cigarettes and he just hands me a ticket to the show. You know, <laughs> like, I just think that that kind of stuff doesn't, I don't see that happening Yeah. these days. And maybe that's because I'm an older man now and I don't, have dreadlocks anymore but you know uh but you know the 2.0 era I was you know sleeping in a tent or sleeping in the back of a car with dreadlocks selling beer and cigarettes and you know with with really no cares and no responsibilities beyond just getting into the next show yeah and uh you know I didn't have a cell phone I didn't have a Facebook account um and so literally I remember you know at the last night of Coventry hugging my friends and saying goodbye or saying, I'll see you later, but really having no means to communicate with them beyond that. And, you know, I lost touch with, with a big group of people just because at the time it was, yeah, I'll see you at the next show. I'll see you in Raleigh. I'll, I'll see you in Alpine, like whatever. Um, and, and I've, I've since found a few of them on Facebook and, you know, we all, you know, everybody has families and has, <laughs> and, and this, that, and the other. Um, but, uh, connected with a couple of them during the Baker's dozen, which felt really good. And, um, you know, uh, fish for me back then I was, you know, early twenties and it was an adventure. Uh, fish for me now is a little bit more calculated. Sure. And, uh, you know, uh, I experience fish in a different way now than, than I did then. I you know, now it's a little bit more tailored towards the music and and you know, the three hours that the band is playing than, you know, um the the sort of road trip adventure element of it. Um
2: which was a great time back then, especially as you mentioned, without cell phones or even a smartphone to, you know, tweet where you're going or will you meet up. Um how do we even survive back then? I don't even know. But um
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like crazy to me that we had we literally had a, a like a bounded atlas, like a freaking road atlas, yeah. to get from you know Chicago to Alpine, and it's just like, how did we even make that happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's know? true.
2: Yeah, you know, I've been lost outside of Alpine before. I'll tell you that. Um, I think yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't been to Alpine unless you've been lost <laughs> I'm trying to get there.
4: Somebody posted the other day a picture of some old stubs where the band uh, on the uh, on the mail orders actually have a little bit of like directions to the venue. Right. It just kind of shows how dated things are. It's like this is not really. uh, I mean, maybe that's what we had. That and Atlas and just hope
2: from the north. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, Jason, what uh, do you have, um, you know, your your fondest period of time for the band, you know, other than maybe the Baker's dozen recently, but, uh, going back, is there a place that you always land?
4: Uh, I've been very fortunate with my my fishing through my life, uh, just specifically around, uh, festivals and holiday shows. Um, living in Oregon for the last 15, 16 years has been a little tricky just because fish doesn't really play here. Yeah, Uh, and so the, the benefit of that is I'm forced to travel. And so, uh, I try not to miss many new years or Halloween's along the way. Um, and I'd say for me, my, you know, Cyprus, obviously, I mean, there's nothing that could touch the the amount of time and energy and power and passion that they put into that. Um, I mean, it was a marathon of, you know, one day portion. I'd say, you know, obviously Baker's dozen for the longevity, uh, but, to me, there's something about Halloween. Uh, all, all the Fish Halloweens, I've been very lucky. I haven't missed one since 95, and this might be the first one coming up that I'm going yeah, to miss. That's
2: incredible, yeah. So Wow.
4: Um, but for me, I think they take playing somebody else's music so seriously and rehearse and focus and the energy that goes into that that it just uh, beautifully bleeds into everything else that they're playing. So it's not just about the cover set, but I feel like they are as on point with their own music uh, during the ho- Halloween run, so... 96, uh, 98, um, 2014. Um, you know, I, I guess I'm giving kind of like the, the longitudinal, you know, across yeah. time view versus, right. uh, one. No, that's top. great. But yeah. for me, you know, there was something fish related that I would always want to make sure happened was, uh, check out Halloween. Sure. Um, I, th- you know, I think summer 2015 from recent times was pretty, I mean, I feel like they, they hit their stride big time that summer tour. And that was a really, really good time. The last few years uh, outside of the Baker's dozen, where I thought uh, every night was just they were just pushing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, I like the old school stuff. Um, Just hitting the road, ninety-five, getting a you know crazy blizzard on the way from one show to the other, and uh, you know, you know, thinking back, I'd say those those mid-ninety shows really uh, stood out, sort of as this uh, idyllic time uh, Mm -hmm. for the band and also for who I was, the carefree, no responsibilities really in the world. And just, uh, living in New York where the band would play about an hour and a half from my home, you know, 15 times a year. Yeah. It is the perils of living out less, but it's, uh, it's worth it in, in the scheme of life, but in the scheme of fish, it just means you got to get your your flyer mile together and, uh, and really work it.
2: Yeah. That's what, you know, and, and, for the festival this summer, the curveball we you just have to do it i got to, i gotta take my lumps and, and get to d c meet up with r j and uh we'll head up head up north like we did for for magnaball um but you know I also don't have to deal with we, we don't have to deal with the the new york stuff like Andy does right like like the people on the subway and stuff. I don't know. Although that's, that's that shit's fun though, I guess. Right. Yeah.
3: People on the subway (laughs) can be difficult. Sometimes.
2: Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sweet. So, um, so Jason, I I wanted to ask what, what, just give us a little hint of what you're going to play on June 2nd at the, uh, what's it? The Imperial tap room? Is that what you call it?
4: It's a it's a good question. I've actually thought about that today. I haven't made my my mind up yet, okay. but I do have uh, you know a specific jam in my head that has always kind of been my go to of my favorite one two punch of the band, and it's uh, one of my favorite moments I've seen live of them. It was uh, West Palm ninety six. They released the video of that. Yeah, uh, the Cross-eyed Antelope. Oh yeah, the and, um... and uh, it's just forty forty five minutes of absolute musical bliss. Um, yeah. And I haven't thought beyond that, but I tend to like to use that in special situations. It's on the
2: list, right? uh, Yeah.
4: It should be coral sky, coral sky, right. Isn't that what they call that release? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Cool. Yep. Um, yeah, Yeah. that was in West Palm. You can't go, you can't go wrong with that.
4: Beyond that, you know, it's, it's tricky because do you want to have the socializing little, you know, my sweet ones, or do you want to have like a down and dirty tweezer for a half hour? You know, you can really go either direction. Um, but I'm assuming for my own mental stability, since I am going to want to chat with friends, I might not want to get too lost into a jam. So I got to figure yeah. this out. There's, <laughs> there's some thought and processing that needs to go into this. You need to make or. that playlist that, uh, yeah. 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 Right.
2: That's awesome. Well, it, I'm, I'm excited to and maybe, uh, post a little bit of, of it on, um, on the soon to be working a hundred things, fish Twitter account, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Soon to be active. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes. Awesome. All right. Um, you know, I don't know. Any any final words? This is uh, super exciting. Like I mentioned, the hundred things fish fans should know and do before they die, both uh you know, co-authored by Andy and Jason's com comes out June first. It's gonna fall right into our listeners' wheelhouse, there's no doubt about it. Um I, I really enjoyed it. Um started in the middle, finished at the beginning. Um it, it's a it's a great read and and it's you know, you don't have to just go front to back. So um Anything you guys got well, summer plans or festival plans? Well, Brad,
3: or, I, yeah. I would love to hear more from you about what you thought of the book, or if, if, if there were certain chapters that stood out, or any surprises, or yeah. uh, you know, yeah,
2: um, I don't, you know, I don't know if there were surprises. I really, I like I mentioned the one thing I really liked the um, illustrations, the the art that was in it because I didn't expect it, so that kind of maybe was was a little different. Um, I I also liked. Uh, each, each album got its own chapter. Is that right? Yeah.
3: Each studio album and a live one.
2: Yeah. Which I thought was incredible because it, it doesn't, they don't get enough credit for that stuff. Um, a live one was obviously the first like double CD disc. And we talked about it a bunch um, with their 94 material um, combined. Um, but the studio albums don't get enough credit. And I thought, I really liked that, that you guys dug into those. Um Oh man, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, it, you actually talked about it selling beer and cigarettes. I loved that. The, it, that's like the um, the Shakedown Street, or, Oh, yeah. yeah, come to Shakedown chapter, which yeah. And you interviewed somebody. She's thirty eight, and she used to sell you know something, at, or, yeah. or you know a little bit of her experience. I thought that was a really cool chapter. Um, so I I, right. I really enjoyed them all, man. It was it was fun. I thought the history was well done, right? Because you got to give maybe. Everybody who picks up the book isn't gonna isn't gonna have the depth the depth of knowledge that you know a lot of us do. Um, so that I thought that was really cool um, going into the history of of each of the guys and how they got started. Um, yeah, yeah, man, awesome. I, I, it was really well That's done. Great. Yeah, really well done. Um, and I think everybody's going to enjoy it. So uh, again, appreciate you guys taking the time to come on the Helping Friendly podcast. You guys can always check us out at HF Pod uh, or Helping Friendly Podcast. Uh, dot com. Um, you guys, your website is a hundred things, fish.com.
1: Yes. Right.
2: And, um, AP Smith NYC. Yep. Is the Twitter. Um, and Jason, do you have, uh, a functioning Twitter account? An active- well, like I said
4: before, I'm a teacher, so I try to keep a little bit of a, a lower profile a, a line between those things. So I think, yeah. I think we have hundred things fish. At, uh, account i think i grabbed it before the book was publicly out there because somebody else would grab it and charge us money uh so i just <laughs> need to dig that up and figure it out and okay get cool with that I think, yeah, link, I think
3: we're at that point this now, so. podcast will be the first tweet that we send out <laughs> Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's a good start though that's a good start <laughs> yeah,
3: right? yeah we're up and yeah. running at that point right
2: it's just legit <laughs> now
3: right
1: <Yeah. laughs> awesome exactly. what is a city without its music
0: All right. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jason and Andy. Um, appreciate those guys taking the time and um, talking with us before their book comes out. So, as always, get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, email, the internet's any any time, any way you want to. If you want to hear more HF Pod, check out HF Pod Plus. There'll be a link in the show notes, and we're gonna go out with some music. But before then, just want to say thanks for listening. Keep on rocking. This podcast is In The Loop, the legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
1: I'm Amara Jones. Every day, the attacks on trans kids grow louder. And more anti-trans bills keep moving through state legislatures. In this season of the Anti-Trans Hate Machine, we're going to illuminate how the right wing has fueled these bills by generating a breathtaking and wide-ranging disinformation campaign. It's spreading like wildfire on the internet. It's then being discussed by families and churches. None of this is an accident. It's a strategy to delegitimize trans people and create a world where existence is a question. Subscribe to Season 2 of The Anti-Trans Hate Machine, a plot against equality, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere.
2: Acast.com.
3: What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media podcast network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.
4: Bowie, Dylan, Marley, you've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Meyers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.